Welcome to the Marcia Miyake Show, where our mission is to share thought-provoking ideas, practical tools, and tangible strategies to up-level your life, business, and relationships. I'm your host, Marcia Miyake, leadership and emotional intelligence consultant, executive coach, and conscious mama of two. Through solo episodes and interviews with experts in the medical, research, business, and spiritual fields, this show helps you to shift from the illusion that success in one area of your life means failure in another to the understanding that you truly get to have it all. Let's get started. Leaders who don't listen will eventually be surrounded by people who don't have anything to say. When I read this quote, I was like, it was such a light bulb moment for me. So in episode 155, we talked about the leadership strengths of an introvert, ambivert, and extrovert. And we talked about how listening is such a strength of a leader. And that's because one of our core human needs is to feel seen and understood. And as a leader, when we have our teams around us, it is our responsibility to help them feel seen and heard. This is how we ultimately get the best out of them. And that's the purpose of a leader. As a leader, we are there to inspire and to encourage and to help them grow into the people that they're meant to be beyond the organizational goals so that they evolve into leaders themselves. That's the ultimate measure of a leader is how many other leaders can they create. So when I look at good leaders, they know how to listen, meaning they're actively listening. They're listening to understand versus listening to respond. But from my perspective, the most transformational leaders are the leaders that encourage opposing views. So when I was working at a university, I had the privilege of working under some incredible leaders. And I remember one of the executives talked about not being in the echo chamber. So if you've never heard of this, uh, the, the definition of this is an environment in which a person encounters only beliefs or opinions that coincide with their own so that their existing views are reinforced and alternative ideas are not considered. What he was telling me to help me in my leadership journey was that I shouldn't just be around people that are yes people, that just tell me what I want to hear, that agree with me because they respect me or they admire me, but they agree because they genuinely agree. And that I embody a leader that is someone that is powerful in my being, but that is also approachable and have built a level of trust with my people that they can speak up, that they can say when they disagree with something, because I don't care. You could be the most intelligent person in the world. You can have the most qualifications. You can even have the most experience, but you're not going to have the perfect answer a hundred percent of the time. This is why we need people. Nothing great was ever built alone. So someone who's like, oh, I'm a self-made blah. No, 
that's almost a criticism to yourself. I'm a self-made whatever. You've done nothing great on your own. It is impossible. And if you have achieved greatness and you're still calling yourself self-made, that is such a disrespect to all the people that helped you along your way. So can we just stop saying that altogether? We are team made, we are family made, we are values made, but we are not self-made. So let's talk about the skill of encouraging conversation and why this is so important as a leader. As a leader, we are there to grow people. And I say this to my team all the time, is that Yes, I want you to hit your organizational goals. Yes, we have goals as a team. But at the end of the day, our time together is so much bigger than our quote-unquote organizational targets. My goal is to leave you better than I found you so that you have grown as a person and so that you have evolved as a person. And for me to do that, I have to make sure that I'm one, seeing you, that you are fully feeling seen and heard, and that I'm helping you to evolve to another level. So great leaders aren't just actively listening. We can see who in our teams are highly intelligent, have so much to offer, but maybe they don't see themselves at the position yet. Maybe they're in a lower position um, or maybe like we covered in episode 155, they're introverted. So it is not in them to just voice their opinion anytime something comes up. They're more observational. But here's the thing, with people that are a bit more reserved and a bit more quiet and who don't always speak up in meetings, by the way, that was me for most of my career, is that I was taking in so much information that when I did speak, guess what? It wasn't just noise, but it required a leader that would actually give me the platform to use my voice. So as leaders, we're not just listening to the people that are willing to talk, but we are helping the people who are not inclined to be the first ones to speak, to use their voice. It is so important that we encourage dialogue as leaders, because if this people stuff is beneath you, leadership is above you. We have to get away from this idea that it's all about the numbers and all about the targets and you are not even respecting the people that are in front of you that are going to make it happen. One of my favorite quotes is, I don't build businesses, I build people and the people build businesses. So I don't see my team, whether it's in my direct sales team or whether it's in my coaching and consulting team. I don't see them just as people that are going to help me achieve my targets. I see them as incredible beings that have been put in my care to help them grow into the people that they came here to be. And us achieving these business goals are just a part of that. So sometimes in our leadership journey, we look at other leaders who have succeeded. Maybe we have a mentor. Maybe we've read a book. So I remember when Steve Jobs was like, you know, looked at as one of like the the pinnacles of leadership. Um, When the book came out, a lot of people started adopting his leadership style. Now, his leadership style was very micromanaging, autocratic, and it actually worked for his company in terms of output, okay, because his company was doing great. Now, if that is your only measure of success, then great. He was 
ultimately successful. However, here's the thing. What we didn't take into account is that a lot of people were modeling his micromanaging style but not recognizing, not having the self-awareness to know that he was actually bringing more to the table beyond just his micromanagement, autocratic leadership style. Okay. So they were ignoring the other strengths that Steve was bringing to his leadership position. And they were just mimicking, acting out like children, a role with their teams. And it was not working and they were creating toxic environments. There was actually lots of reports on this when I was studying leadership in around, I want to say 2014-2015, that was talking about the negative implication of these, It was I think it was in Silicon Valley, some of these studies that were happening where these leaders were mimicking his leadership style and it wasn't working and they were creating a toxic culture. So that's because of twofold. Number one, they didn't recognize the strengths that Steve was bringing to his that he had brought to his organization. Number two, they didn't even have the self-awareness to understand what their strengths were. Just because it worked for one leader doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You actually have to find out what your strengths are, what works with your organization. And that book, well, there was a couple books that came out really Uh, inspired leaders to use this leadership style that they really didn't understand. And this is where we go through the tactics and the strategy and not really the embodied leadership. And the embodied leadership comes down to you having a high level of self-awareness and building your own confidence and competence as a leader. So when I say that the, the best leaders encourage opposing opinions, that's because leaders don't surround themselves with people that tell them what they want to hear. They surround themselves with people that are going to tell them what they need to hear. And why do they do this? It's because they're embodied and confident and grounded enough to know that just because I'm listening to your opinion, it doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to take it. I have enough trust in my own gut to listen and to hear, oh, what she's saying does make sense or what he's saying does make sense. Maybe I should take this path or most often Something that someone else says, although an opposing view triggers something else in your mind and creates a completely new idea, a completely new direction, new strategy, boom. And then something happens where synergy is created by that point of view and your point of view, which couldn't have happened if you didn't encourage the extra communication, those extra viewpoints An authentic, confident leader can hear all the different viewpoints, but trust themselves and their vision enough to know what is a good suggestion and what could be taken on and then can almost see a matrix in their mind of the different ideas and how they can fit together and then comes up with a genius plan based on other people's suggestions. That's true leadership. That's visionary leadership. To me, a leader that thinks that they have all the answers all the time and you're going to do it my way and I'm going to tell you how to do it and you have to follow this system and this is the only system, I'm like, you're living in fear. Because why wouldn't you hear other people's suggestions? Number one, what you're saying is that you don't trust your team and you don't value them and you think that they don't have anything valuable to offer and they do. 
And you're also saying that you don't trust yourself enough that you can't hear all these opposing views and still know your path. So let's come back to ourselves and understand that as a leader, we need to build our own confidence, our own competence. We need to build our listening skills and we need to, at the highest level, encourage conversations that are maybe counter to what we believe because it's in those conversations that we get breakthroughs. You don't get a breakthrough in your own mind. That's not how it happens. So synergy is what happens in teams when there's a true team dynamic, when there's trust, when there's camaraderie, when there's work ethic. And synergy is when two plus two doesn't equal four. Synergy is when two plus two, so you have two people and another two brains coming into that does not equal the sum of four people. It might be 10 or 16. That's the power of team. So if you're not going to capitalize on the strength of team, why do you have a team? They're not your minions. You are there to learn from them just in the same way as they are there to learn from you. Let's step out of our ego as leaders. Let's go meet people where they're at. Let's trust that we have attracted the right team that is in alignment with us, that they have something valuable to bring. Trust your own vision and your own discernment that you can hear opposing beliefs and opposing viewpoints and still find the right path for you and for your organization. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. If you love this episode, please share it with someone. And if you're a longtime listener, it would mean the absolute world to me if you would rate and review this show on iTunes. I love you so much and I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. And remember, it's not only possible to have it all, it is your birthright.